Well, I say every week, and I just want to thank all of those who have helped to put this worship service together, um, and so many who are working behind the scenes who don't always get seen. Thank you so much for all of the work that you do um, for uh, for our for Melody for doing our children's time today, for our special music for Kathy uh, Kathy Eden who provided our special music today, uh, for Wendy V Meyer who is our song leader, uh, for Gary Brubaker of course who's putting all of these pieces together, um, for. Chris Shaki as our liturgist today. Um, I'm so grateful for all of all of everyone's willingness to try new things, even as though uh, even though this is new and different. And I just appreciate you all so much. So thank you for your willingness to do things and for being a part of the service. Well, like I said, at the beginning of the service, we are starting a new series um, for the month of June. Um, we're talking about the rhythm of the heart and um, what happens when our rhythms are out of sync. How do we get back into rhythm or how do we learn new rhythms? And how do we connect or reconnect with God and with God's people? So we'll look at rest, we'll look at healing, we'll look at connection, and we'll look at creation. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we have certainly had a change in rhythms. Um, I think that that's probably an understatement, and um, we all know <laughs> that that's happened. Um, for some, that, uh, that change came in March, um, as a church, we have learned and tried to learn and unlearn and relearn all sorts of new ways of doing and being church. Um, we have learned some new rhythms. And, you know, maybe for you, you are still wondering what those rhythms are. Maybe you found a rhythm um, in working or you're looking for new rhythms in work or Maybe it's been in vacation, or uh, maybe you've been working on finding new rhythms as a teacher as you're doing distance learning, or perhaps with your children doing distance learning. I think there is a lot of ways that we have been all trying to find new rhythms. And for some, that's been really easy and comfortable, and for some, it's just not. I think a lot of times during this time, as I've talked with people about how things have changed for them, there have been things that people have said, oh, I hope this doesn't go back to this. I hope that I remember this. Um, so maybe you've been searching for new rhythms. Maybe you've been searching for them for a while and you just didn't know that something was off until we had to change. And maybe even in the last few weeks, you have been wanting to feel normal, but what, what is normal? And, and what is normal going forward? And maybe you've been trying to, to balance all of the things. Well, a friend of mine and I, uh, Nicole, we have a YouTube show where we talk about being a United Methodist female clergy and our views on the world and our experiences. It's called hashtag Pastor Besties. Um, that wasn't a plug, but feel free to look us up. Now, uh, we talk about Sabbath and self-care and rest a lot, um, mostly because we admittedly, the two of us, um, were not great at it. And so we're always looking for ways to do better. Uh, a couple years ago, as one of the interviews that we did, we interviewed our bishop, um, our bishop Sally Dick, and we talked to, to Bishop Dick about self-care. 
and Sabbath and rest. And we wanted to talk, uh, our focus of the interview was to talk about how do you balance everything? How do you balance all of the things? And, and maybe that's a question that you ask daily. I know I do. Um, but you know, the, the way that she reframed that question and that she said to us, um, she reminded us that balance really isn't a helpful word. Now think about it. When was the last time everything in your life felt balanced? Or has it? And is balance really achievable? Or I think the better word and that Bishop Dick offered to us is that it's about rhythm. And how do you live in the rhythm of life? Now, when I think about that, and I think about that, and especially with music, or if you think about even a musical, in a musical, you have lots of music and lots of rhythm, but it's not all the same, and it's not all the same intensity or the same level. You have some of those fast-paced pieces, and then you have some slow ballads. And sometimes that's the way that life is. Sometimes life is high intensity and fast-paced, and sometimes it's slow. And really, you need those times to have both because if everything is high intensity all the time, well, no wonder you're exhausted and looking for new rhythms. And if everything is slow and drawn out, well, sometimes that doesn't feel right either. No wonder you're looking for new rhythms. So, how do you live into the rhythms? And how do you find them when you're not really sure what the rhythm is? I think it's built into the way that we've created. It's built from the very beginning of our scriptures. As we look at the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, we have this poem of how creation came to be. And within this poem, we have this beautiful way that God orchestrated things through love of how things were created. And then we come to the seventh day and God rested the Sabbath. And most of us refer to the Sabbath as uh, when we go to worship, the day of rest. Shabbat. It means intermission. It means the Sabbath. And it is a commandment from God. If you read the Big Ten, um, where Moses got them from Sinai, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. What is the Sabbath? The Shabbat, the Sabbath. Um, some of the definitions and some of the ways that uh, it, Sabbath is referred to or talked about is um, to repose. There's some of these that are really pretty, by the way. Um, they're all really pretty. To repose, to, to desist from exertion, to cause to or let or make to cease, to celebrate. Ah, part of Sabbath is celebrating and delighting. To suffer to be lacking, to put away, to make to rest, to rid, to still, to take away. There is a lot to do during Sabbath. If you read through some of the Old Testament scriptures, especially through Exodus and Leviticus, there are a lot of laws and rules about how you Sabbath and how you remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, in Exodus 35.3, it says you, you should rekindle no fire. 
in Exodus 16, 23, um, and Exodus 20, uh, 16, 29, um, deal with baking and food. Of course, Exodus 28, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Leviticus 35, 3 says, afflict it to your soul. Leviticus 23, 11, 15, 16, 25, 6, Numbers 28, 9, and 10 mandate that weave, wave, burnt, and drink offerings be given on the Sabbath. There's lots of ways that we talk about how we Sabbath. Leviticus 25, 2, when you come into the land I gave you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. There's lots of ways that we talk about throughout the scriptures to keep this, remember the Sabbath, and to keep it holy, to rest, to celebrate, to put away. And there's also some uh, consequences if we don't. Now, we know some of the natural consequences. If we work, 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 you come to a point where you're just exhausted. But according to the scriptures, what happens if we don't keep Sabbath? Well, Exodus 31, 14 says, anyone who doesn't remember the Sabbath will be put to death. Numbers, uh, Numbers 15, 32 through 36 talks about a man who gathered sticks on the Sabbath and was stoned to death. There's some pretty lethal consequences for not remembering the Sabbath. Now, of course, Jesus in the New Testament teaches what happens when we get too legalistic and we focus too much on the particularities. Now, Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and according to the laws, he should have been put to death for that. Jesus took the Sabbath seriously. In our passage for this morning, he slipped away to pray. He found these times and places to find those deserted places to pray, to rest. In the Old Testament, Moses gave the law to the people, and one of the big ten is remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Why would that be one of the ten commandments? Well, I think it's because we keep forgetting it. We need reminders. The commandment wasn't for God's benefit but it was for God's people. And it's not just a nice thought either. Sabbath had and still has political connotations. As the commandments and laws were given to the Israelites, they were coming from a time in their life when they were slaves, when all they were forced to think about was to make bricks, was to work. And your worth is wrapped up in how many bricks that you made. You're not worth anything except for what you do. They couldn't afford to leave because they would just return to more work and to more bricks. And of course, they're the only ones who can make these bricks. And so when they left Egypt and they left slavery, they were a little lost. They didn't know what to do with their lives because they had thought about bricks and were told, this is the only reason you are worth anything, is to make bricks and to work you don't have worth otherwise. And when you leave that toxic and that, that's, that, that slavery-driven mindset, it's hard to go into something else. How do you remember who you are, that you are a child of God? 
Who are you if you are not the people who make bricks? And so God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember who you are and whose you are. Sabbath and rest is a time for us to be reminded that we're God's children, that the kingdoms of this world don't hold power or sway over you, that you are a part of God's kingdom and working on building God's kingdom today, not to fall victim to the, what the world imposes on us. Because if the kingdoms of this world had their way, we'd be making bricks seven days a week. Do we do that? Well, we shouldn't, because that's not who we are. Rest, Sabbath, celebrate. I always laugh at myself after I find a parking spot. But when I'm in the middle of looking for a parking spot, whether it's in a, a parking lot or on the street somewhere, which has been easier to find recently as more people have been staying home. But um, whenever I'm looking for a parking spot or I'm looking for an address, uh, and you probably do the same thing too, um, I turn off the radio or I turn everything off. And when I find the thing that I'm looking for, a parking spot or an address, I laugh at myself because did turning the radio off really make that parking spot appear or did it find the address for me? It didn't, but it changed me. It made me look differently, perhaps a little bit more attentively, a little bit more aware. Sometimes we need that rest and quietness to make us more aware. We need that chance to catch our breath. And sometimes it's hard to catch our breath because there's so many things around us that try and take it away. And perhaps that's working too much or being off rhythm. Perhaps that's systems of injustice, systems of racism, both individual and systematic. There are a lot of things that cause us to lose our breath. How do we stop to find it again, or to help find it for one another. Rest is an important part of life. We really don't have a proper concept of work unless we have a proper concept of rest. Everything has its place. It's not about making bricks, it's about living as a child of God. And you are worthy to live that way. You don't have to prove to God that you are busy enough or that you work hard enough. God isn't counting your bricks. God isn't counting anything. God's love isn't earned. It is given freely and it is given to you. It's been there from the beginning and it will be forever and ever and ever. So first, the first step in learning new rhythms is to stop, to rest. And maybe there are, there are practical ways to practice Sabbath. Maybe it's by blowing bubbles or looking at feathers to be reminded of the wind and the spirit, playing with art supplies, with clay or 
finger painting. Remember when you were kids and you finger painted? Celebrate, delight, remember who you are. Coloring, maybe it's coloring mandalas or it's coloring, coloring pages, doing something crafty and creative. Or maybe it's, maybe it's practicing yoga or reading scripture. Maybe it's silence or meditation. Or maybe part of your Sabbath activity is seeking out and educating yourself about issues about social justice, learning and how to do better and differently, to stop and to learn. And maybe it's writing letters, or maybe it's participating in ways of advocacy for those whose voice is not being heard. How do you Sabbath? There's a song from the musical Rent that um, says that there are 525,600 minutes. How many of you sang that when I said it? I did. 525,600 minutes. How do we fill them? Do we fill them with work? Do we fill them with something else? With claiming Jesus as Lord? Because in the end, God won't ask us how many hours we worked or how many bricks we made. God will ask us, how well did you love your neighbor? Because the two greatest commandments are to love God with our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. How well do we know God? Have we spent enough time with God to know? And have we spent enough time to love one another? Those are the things that are important to God. Not how, much, how many bricks we made or how much work we got done. But do you love me with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? And do you love your neighbor as you love yourself? That's how we're defined. That's, how, that's who we are. And it's whose we are. So take time to rest intentional time with God, loving God and loving God's people, to repose, to desist from exertion, to cause to or let or make to cease, to celebrate, to suffer to be lacking, to put away, to make to rest, to rid, to still. To take away, to find your rhythm and the rhythm of God's heart. Amen.